What's up, world? Welcome back to Authentically Us, the podcast. You guys already know if you've been with us this long, this is where we talk about what it means to be authentic in life and all that you do. I'm the host, Conroy Smith, and I'm here with my co-host and partner, Tony Morton. What's up? Now, sometimes we call him Tony the Morton. Um, (laughs) Anyways, you know, we decided to do this to get um, everybody's authentic versions of themselves in whatever area they are. And today our our guest is near and dear to our heart. She's a friend. Um she has so many dimes, so many, so many gems to drop. Yeah. So you guys don't you don't want to miss out on on this episode. Um yeah, Tony, what do you what do you what do you, what what can you prep them for? Man, y'all are y'all are in for a treat to really understand why black missionaries are so important to really seeing the move of God. Wow. Hey, lean in, turn the speaker up, tune in for our special guest. It is Latanya Barrett. Let's jump right into this. Guys, we have a special guest today um this person is one of my favorite people in the whole entire world she oh, is the shucks. ultimate hype girl she is a circuit writer she's part of the black voices movement You're... she's a speaker she's a singer she's a missionary ladies and gentlemen we got latonya barrett in the what house up, family? <laughs> that was so kind. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> hey um yeah you guys are in for a special episode um she's actually she is one of my favorite people she has a lot of energy she matches my energy and when we get together it's just electric. a lot of e- electric that's the word yeah no it's- i I think she uh, surpasses your energy, bro. Wow. For sure. I I met her. I met her. I'll take it. Hey, thanks for um, hopping on the podcast with us, our Authentically Us podcast. Um, And we get to dive into some really cool topics today. So thank you. Welcome. It's it's a privilege. I'm actually, this is my first podcast. Um, featured so I'm honored to be here I really am feeling the love and to hear you say that I'm one of your favorite people actually really warms my heart because that's a life goal so (laughs) (laughs) I got you um so hey Tony you ready to jump into this yeah let's go Latanya first question what is circuit riders Yes, so Circuit Riders is a missions movement organization based out of Huntington Beach, California. Um, Really, our motto is to save the lost, revive the saved, and train them all. So the Circuit Riders were actual like people. It was a movement of believers in the early 1800s. Um, They really were like revivalists. So started in um, Europe, came over on boats to America during, you know, colony era, and literally, they were wild, wild preachers that would travel on horseback across the nation, carrying messages of the gospel. They carried manumission papers as well. So when they met people on their farms, they told them, if you want to follow Jesus, you got to get rid of your slaves, right? So they were abolitionists. Wow. They were preachers. They wow. were revivalists. And so um, we have kind of come under that mantle as modern day circuit riders. We also tour America, but specifically college, university, and high school campuses. So we are an evangelistic um, 
missions movement, all about empowering people. That's what the circuit riders did in a time where you had to be ordained like an ordained minister and you could only preach in a church. They rode across the country on horseback and were like, no, if you believe in Jesus, you can preach the gospel. So that's our same MO. That's what we do. We're empowering this generation, younger generations to pursue Jesus wholeheartedly, um, to preach the gospel and honestly believe in for revival to hit America. So that's a little, a little bit about circuit riders, what we do, where we come from. Um, yeah. And my privilege and honor to be a part of it. Yeah. Wow. yeah. First of all, that's, that's a lot. It is. <laughs> yeah, right. That, that's, that's awesome. And I had no clue, uh, about that at all. Wow. Yeah. And it now yeah. makes sense. Circuit riders. Yeah. That's so yeah. Riding they literally horses. ushered in the second great awakening in America. And a lot of wow. the way that the course of history has gone is because of the circuit riders. But if you went to public school, you ain't learned that. I didn't. So <laughs> for sure didn't. <laughs> um, so in, in the bio, we we um talked about how you're with circuit riders, mm-hmm. but you're with black voices. Talk to us about what that is and what the difference is. Yes. So within Circuit Riders, we have, I think, somewhere around six or seven like sub movement movements that are specific towards different demographics and whatnot. So Black Voices is a movement that was birthed out of Circuit Riders literally a year ago, like last April, we had our first gathering. Um, (laughs) They're smiling and nodding because they came. Oh, yeah. We had a gathering. Our first gathering was in April. There was 50 of us. We weren't planning to start a movement. We weren't planning for it to be a thing. Really, we just knew that you know, coming out of 2020, and if we're being honest, all of history in in America, it's been real rough for Black people. Mm. Racial injustice is real. Um, And so we gathered 50 young Black people and we're like, hey, let's see God. Let's come to God in prayer and in worship and get his heart for our community. Let's get his heart for what solution looks like. Let's just come to God. And from there, he birthed this movement. So um, Tony and Conroy came to a gathering in April or in August of last year. We had 300. We went from 50 to 300 young Black people in a room. We didn't promote with any big names. We didn't do anything crazy. It was the spirit of God that drew people. And so Black Voices is literally a movement to empower Black voices. Mm -hmm. Um, Really, we say that our our mission is to empower young Black leaders into their Christ-centered calling, expression, and purpose. Um, Really just to give Black people the, it's not needed, but um, it is very welcome, the permission to radically wholeheartedly follow Jesus and to radically wholeheartedly walk in the callings and purpose on your life. So that's Black Voices. Similar to Circuit Riders, we go to campuses, but specifically historically Black colleges and universities, as well as inner cities. We've done gatherings in churches now. Um, we did a whole tour, our first tour this year. So that's Black Voices in a nutshell. Yeah. We're a movement empowering Black people to be Black and love Jesus. Love Jesus and then be black in that order. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> to be clear, absolutely. To be clear, <laughs> I, I'm still waiting for y'all to come back to Harrisburg so I can actually uh, go Bro, and see wait. y'all because that got canceled. So I'm a we'll little salty. It. it did get canceled. That was my team, but bro, I, there was a I know I was so excited nowhere. to see you. Look, I don't know nothing. About- I'm driving in no snow. I'm from San Diego. So the minute I saw the forecast, I was like, y'all, we're going to have to sit tight. So we're going to work it out. Hopefully this year the weather's more favorable. Yeah, <laughs> sounds good. Hey, I wanted to um, pull back a little bit. And you, you already mentioned it about you being in San Diego. But let's talk about um, let's talk about pre, pre-circuit riders, pre-going full-time into to missions work. Let's talk about... Um, Latanya from from like high school 
you know, even going to your, your post high school career and like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. What, what was that like? Like, were you, were you fully involved in church? Were you, were you not like, what, what did that look like? Yeah. So I would say my whole life, I grew up in church. Um, I don't know if I could say I grew up in a Christian home, Mm -hmm. mostly because my mother's a believer, but my dad isn't. So the culture of my home was very mixed. Um, But I loved God from a really young age. And I would say probably high school, um, somewhere around like my senior year, I really, really, really started to take God seriously. Like I was that kid that first day of school, they're like, what's your name? What's your favorite color? Tell us something about you. And I'd be like, yeah, my name's Latanya. My favorite color is red. And I love Jesus. Like I was that kid. Mm -hmm. Um, But it wasn't until my senior year of high school that I kind of started to develop my own passions and desires. And I knew no matter what, I wanted to live for God. And I wanted to be a representative for him. I wanted to do music at first. And so my thought was, I'll be Beyonce for Jesus and show people that you can be lit, but love God and not walk hey. in compromise, um, but <laughs> yeah. live in fullness. Yeah. And that didn't happen, but um, that was the, the vision. So I've always loved God. Um, but I will say as a teenager, like I didn't know, I didn't really know who I was mm-hmm. and I didn't necessarily know who God was either. Mm. So I didn't, I didn't necessarily know what it was like to have a relationship with him, like practically. I didn't know I could hear the voice of God for myself wow. until after I graduated high school. Yeah. until I was probably 19. Um, and I did grow up in church. So there was a lot of, there were some gaps in my relationship with God um, that led to just different areas of pain and hurt that I didn't have to, you know, experience, mm-hmm. but the Lord was faithful to kind of course, correct me yeah. and show me who he is and who I am. You and I have, have talked, you know, before about the churches that we, we kind of grew up in and, um, you mentioned that the church you, you initially like started going to was predominantly white. If I, if I remember. Yeah. Um, now obviously you are a chocolate woman. (laughs) 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 So, um, my, my question is like, you know, when I, when I was growing up, Tony and I went to the same youth group and it was very white, but a lot of our friends went there and it was, it was very fun. Um, but then I, the church I went to on Sunday was black. So it was, it was a very weird dynamic, um, going Wednesday to Sunday. Um, now growing up, you know, going to a church like that, and then now being part of like black voices, a a movement, literally a movement, like can, what has been like the dynamic change in, in that? Yeah. What's crazy is, um, it was fully the Lord, like the, the entire timeline of my life and the course of events that led me here is fully God. I can't take credit for it because growing up, I didn't know anything about missions, like really at all. The first missionary I met, what I was a senior in high school, she had gone to college with my youth pastor. And so she came and spoke in our church once. And I was like, this is cool, but I didn't really think much of it. So, um, it it would be, it's a long story to kind of like unpack, but long story short, graduating high school, right. I wanted to be Beyonce for Jesus. Um, that didn't work out. And as, as I kind of processed that in myself with the Lord and with my dad, who's not a believer, he's the one that was like, you know, the only thing I've ever seen you be committed to is church. Mm. And I was like, dang, you're right. So then from there, I kind of began this journey of like, okay, well, I want to learn more about God. I want to get out of San Diego. Um, and I just kind of want to explore. And so as I was looking at different Bible colleges, different options and things like that, youth with a mission got thrown on the list. And Youth of the Mission is a global missions organization. They have bases like literally all around the world. I think they have one in every nation um, and there's hundreds in, in America. So basically that got thrown on the list. I was like, hey, I'm down to travel. I'm down to learn more about God. 
I go to Youth of the Mission, my life gets wrecked because I'm like, oh my gosh, there's unreached people. Like literally people in the world that have never heard the name of Jesus, don't have access to the Bible. My life is turned upside down. Mm-hmm. While I was in YWAM though, which is a missions organization, um, we would do like worship and intercession sets. Mm-hmm. Um, and intercession really simply is praying for people that aren't you, right? So we're doing these intercession sets. We do them for different nations, but every now and then we would pray for America. And what I loved about those prayer sets is the points, like the prayer points were like real. Like one of the prayer points for America was about racial reconciliation. And they talked about how less than 1% of cross-cultural missionaries are black. And so I'm like getting stirred for all these different things. But as we're in these prayer sets specifically, I think about, you know, I have four siblings. None of them are walking with the Lord. They're all black. Um, And I think about just different people that I know. And I'm like, wow, like there really is an injustice here. Mm. The black community really is not walking in their inheritance of what God has. And I want to see that change. Mm. So it really was like every, every mile marker of my life. I'm like, it was the Lord that got me there. I was just, um, I guess, smart enough to follow him. Yeah. But that's kind of yeah. how I got grit for the black community and growing up. I mean, I grew up in a predominantly white church and then I went to schools that were considered mad magnet schools so that kids from all over the city would come. So I did grow up with black kids as far as school went, mm-hmm. but it was hard because also a little background, my family's from, Tennessee my mom's from Tennessee my dad's from Detroit so all my family lives back east so I didn't grow up with any of them Mm. so really my the most exposure I had to black people was in school and if I'm being real most of those kids were bad so I'm Mm. like I don't have any black people in my life and the black people that are in my life are out here wilding out and I do love Jesus and I'm not trying to get suspended so (laughs) it was really rough like I didn't have a black I didn't have black community Christian community until I met y'all wow y'all first black Christian community I had in my life and I was what 22 at that point so it's fully the Lord that I am where I am, that mm. I have. I mean, I think everyone, you know, because we're tribal in, in nature. So everyone does have their own personal burden for their people. But it's God that I am where I am, that I'm doing what I'm doing. You know, that's a very valid point about having black community. And it's amazing that um, you found it when you were 22, because Tony and I talked about this yeah. in an earlier podcast about having black community and where Tony is in South Central Pennsylvania there is none to be to be quite frank like if there is there's a a handful you know and even with me going to college I went to Liberty which is predominantly white college grew up in a predominantly white school moved to San Diego and all I knew was like Pacific Beach and like East Lake so I was like oh here we go again right but then slowly you know um, I think initially where I met you was at the Rock Church Mm -hmm. and then we started to like develop like these these black believers mm-hmm. um and like you said there's a lot of there's a lot of black believers who are wilding out but it was like these people actually they love jesus they, they love, love god and they oh turn up bro like, <laughs> <how it do. laughs> so when i came through in august um i obviously before that you can ask conroy i was always like hey man you gotta come back <laughs> like I wanted you to come back and Aww. and he was like, nah man, I can't. I got people out here. And I didn't yeah. get it until I came out. And I literally looked at him like, I don't want you back. Because I knew what y'all have out there is yeah. a diamond in the rough. And wow. so yeah, y'all got something good. Yeah. It's definitely special. So special. 
Yeah, and it, and it's cool because like you know maybe we don't have that specific. It was a small group that we well it was a large group, but it's not yeah. a small group. <laughs> and it was we a house were deep. Church. We it was a house church. We were deep, like thirty deep, at least. Yeah, at one point and, we were like pushing hundred. Not even. Like yeah, right, right. Like look at our group chat. It's 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 a yeah. group of people. Um, but it's it's still awesome because like it's still that same community. Like when Latanya comes down, we all you know kick it. We all hang yeah. out. Um, which I think is amazing. And and there was something that you mentioned about when you went to YWAM. We had a we had one of our best friends go to YWAM. He had a great experience. He's looking to go back. Yeah. Um, but you you had this burden for people who don't know Jesus, but then specifically about black people mm-hmm. being in the mission field. I went to Kenya in 2012 um with our track team, and I was the only black person. Wow, now that I think about it, I was the only black person that went. Crazy. Sheesh. Um <laughs> and it just hits different when they see somebody that looks like them yes. coming to, to serve them and to, to love on them and to just be just to be with them uh, much like circuit riders have done. Mm-hmm. But my question is how important do you think black missionaries are um, to the, to the kingdom? Oh my gosh. I think they, I was going to say of the utmost importance, but that's probably pride. They're very, very important (laughs) Um, for so many reasons, for so many reasons. I think one of the things that we talk about in Black Voices is Revelation. I think it's 12, where it talks about how every tribe, nation, and tongue is present in the throne room before the Lord, praying and praising him in their own language, in their heart language. So number one, that communicates to me that our ethnicity, not our race, because race is a human construct, but our yep. ethnicity, who yes. we are, our, you know, yes. it matters to God and it's mm. intentional. And I think what you're yep. saying is so true because, I mean, no matter who's giving you the gospel, it's the gospel. Mm. It matters. It'll transform your life. But when you don't have to push through the barriers of, does this apply to me? You know, are you genu- yes. do you genuinely care about me? Are yep. you just here for a photo op? When you don't have to work through all of those things and your brain immediately goes, I have representation here. Wow. There's yes. something that clicks in a deeper way mm. that even honestly, what we've experienced in black voices it is it's more than just like the initial salvation, but there's like real healing that mm. comes when you're in a room with oh, people so that look true. like you, yes. when you can put your shoulders down and worship with people that look mm. like you, that sound like you mm. now, granted black people, we are not a monolith. And so y'all know being in a, the room of black voices, there's so many different things going on. There's everybody from the person in the corner with their hands folded to the person full on shouting, yeah. looking like they going through something crazy on the floor yeah, you know yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and then there's you <laughs> right i'm, I'm a little leading bit the charge <laughs> it just depends it. on where we are in the song yep. yeah, um, yeah oh yeah but you know so so there's representation that's important i think we say all the time for the lamb to receive the reward of his suffering for jesus to receive everything that he died for which is us which is souls that means that black people need to be a part of that. We are a part of the reward yeah, of yes. the suffering. We are a part of who yes. Jesus died for. And I think we talk about in circuit writers a lot, original design, which I'm pretty sure y'all got original design prayed for, yep. right? Yep. Which is literally just the way that you were created as an individual before sin, before whatever, when you were formed together in your mother's womb, how did God create you? What was his intention? That exists for people as well. And something that we talk about a lot with Black folks is the level of influence on our lives. And this isn't pride, right? It's not something that I'm making up, but you can just see it when you talk about different athletes and you talk about musicians and you talk about things like that. The influence, the really the, the anointing of worship mm, and music mm, that is on the yep, Black community. Yep. I've heard a lot of people say that like Black 
black people in worship are like going to lead the procession of revival when it comes to worship and it comes to sound. So I think that's a large part of our role in the kingdom in letting out that sound, that joyful noise unto the Lord that will kind of be a beacon to others to come. So there's a lot to be said of why black voices of why black people, but really simply put, because Jesus is worthy of us and because we have a role to fulfill in the great commission. And I don't just mean full-time missionaries on the field. I mean, the everyday black believer that's working in nine to five has a, has a role to fulfill in the great commission. So that's so good. Yeah. So all of that is so good, but why, why, like what has been some like, um, kind of resistance when you talk to black people about christianity Mm. yeah that's a good question um i think you know the typical it's a white man's religion is always something that comes up um which we know is not true by any means um i'm not even gonna dive into that it's just not true go on black voices instagram if you need reasons why but that's that's the thing um i think truthfully if you're talking about black folks most black people grew up in religion. And when I say religion, I mean religion. I mean, it's a lot of noise. It's a lot of shouting. It's a lot of rules. But I have a friend that says that religion is a form of godliness without power. So you have all of the rules, you have all the things, but there's no power. So these people grew up in church, they grew up shouting, but they're even more broken, even more damaged and bruised on the inside of people that haven't in church so that's where i say coming into the room with black voices is healing for people because there's people that grew up in church their whole lives we had a guy named trey show up to our nashville rally and he was like i grew up in church i'm 21 years old but i didn't know that jesus could be like this like i didn't know jesus actually loved Mm me i didn't actually i've never actually heard the gospel or what it really is so i think that's a big thing when you're talking to black people is religion Mm -hmm. and they're jaded like we're jaded you know because when you grow up in that and it doesn't for you what it's supposed to do like what do you why would you want anything to do with that yeah yeah and it's a major injustice it's a major injustice to us and to the lord so i think those two are probably the biggest it's religion and it's the lie that Christianity is a white man's religion. And then, you know, people just have their own skeptic. Church hurt is real because of that whole religion thing. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes. You know, just abuse in the church, yeah. stuff like that. So I, I would say those are probably like the biggest. You know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's interesting when you, when you mention that stuff, because I think about the church I grew up in. I grew up in a black church, John Wesley, AME Zion Church. That's when you get the yeah. long, the long title. Come on, AME. Yeah. So it's. It is to be to be frank, black people know how to play church. They we do. We know how to play church. I think about like um you get uh what's his name from who plays Medea? Tyler Perry. Uh, Tyler Perry. Perry. You see him, he'll he'll preach at like random church services because he knows how to play church. I don't know what his relationship with the Lord is like, but mm-hmm. Steve Harvey, same thing. He'll preach sometimes because we Commercial know breaks. how to play, we know how to play <laughs> church, yeah. which which is a blessing and a curse because then you get people like like, the, like your friend who's 21 and said, hey, I've never experienced Jesus because I've just been playing church. Yeah. Um, so that's why I think it is so important um, for people like us to to talk to other people like us to to just break through those barriers. Because like you said, there's nothing like having representation. That was the, the big word you said, like, oh, wow, you you understand me, you hear me, you look like me. 
Yeah. I was actually watching this show yesterday, All American. Love that show. Yes. <laughs> um, so good. And they were they were talking about um, how one of the mom she she went back to the hood to help to be a, a lawyer, and they were like, "Well, um, I don't want anybody else to to represent my son. I want you to represent my son because I know you actually care, but I also know the people that you're talking to will listen to you." Right. And at first, they were a little. Um, hesitant because they didn't want her to have like the white savior mentality but it's important that us as black people talk to other black people about jesus and who jesus really is yes it's it's, i think it's vital yes it's so true it's so true yeah are there any like misconceptions you would say about um mission missions that maybe people just don't understand? Yeah. Um, I mean, like, first and foremost, we're all called to missions. <laughs> it's not so much a unique yes. call as it is yes. a call of the everyday believer. Yeah. Like, we're Christ ambassadors, it says that, and I believe Second Corinthians. Um, literally, the Great Commission is for everyone. It's for the every and the all. So you don't need, I saw a quote once, it said, you don't need a call to go, you need a call to stay. And that's not yeah. even necessarily cross-cultural but again it's the lifestyle so i would say that's a big thing is we we pass off missions and even the idea of what that means to other people um i think even the idea that because what you hear a lot for black people being a full-time missionary now granted i didn't grow up in a predominantly black community so i'm at a different place because i have a diverse pool to pull from when it comes to like fundraising but a lot of my friends that did grow up in predominantly black spaces will say that um, they get a lot of pushback for like, number one, like, why don't you pour into your own people, right? Like we need breakthrough in the hood. There's unreached people in the hood. You know what I mean? We need funds in the hood. People just don't understand the legitimacy of it. Like they don't understand what it actually looks like or what it means. Um, So a lot of the times you'll hear like, well, why don't you just get a full-time job? Why don't you, a lot of the times, the longer you're in it, the more you'll hear people say like, so when is this going to be over? You know, like when are you going to be done? As if it's not a legitimate full-time call. Yes, Um, yes. Those are a couple of different things that you hear, just misconceptions, misunderstanding. I think a lot of the church doesn't have a grid for missions, which is really unfortunate. Um, but I think those are some of them. People don't, yeah, there's just a lot of like ignorance. And I don't say that in like a negative, like bashing way, but just like the literal sense that people don't know. So I would say those are a few. There's a lot, but those are a few. Yeah, well, like, you know, I, I'm i in full-time uh, college ministry and so I get the whole support raising uh, for a full-time job. And like, you're right. I, I always get those questions of like, when are you going to get a real job? Or mm-hmm. now I'm in mm-hmm. grad school for counseling. I've had wow. people ask like, so, Oh, you're, you're going to be a counselor. And so you're going to get a real job in counseling. It's like, maybe I won't like, Maybe yeah. this degree will just aid me in my current career. Maybe I will. Like, and it's it's still a real job. We still get mm-hmm. actual paychecks. It just mm-hmm. we gotta grind a little harder to get our money. Right. right, right. Yeah, it's not traditional, but I tell you what, I work. There are some days where I work twenty hours a day. You know, it's not your yes. typical work schedule, but yep. it's just as hard, even more rewarding, and it takes even more out of you because this is spiritual stuff. It's not just I gotta do this, I gotta fold this shirt and make this sandwich. 
it's I have to walk someone into breakthrough mm, and that yeah. is a whole nother kind of job, you know, yeah. whole nother kind of job. It, and I think the other part is like, we don't always see the fruit of our labor in We're church. Right. Like how do you also navigate? Like, you know, this is a real faith job because mm-hmm. we, we may never see the fruit of what we're being faithful to. Right. No, that's facts. That's facts. Wow. This is so good. So Latanu, we, we talked a little bit about support racing. Um, share with us your journey in support racing. And what does that mean for yeah. Com- yeah. Com- common folk lol yeah so basically um like we had said right full-time missionaries some do get paid i'm not one of them and so what that looks like and for uh, tony as well basically we have to build teams like monthly investment teams so we have different donor supporters that are giving to us um that really help us keep running because the gospel's free right so everything we do is for free so yeah that's basically it that process is support raising it's building out that team we essentially build our salary, all those fun, fancy words. Um, so yeah, it's been a journey. Okay. Um, it's, it's funny because, so I started in YWAM and the Lord told me that I was going to join staff there. And I was like, yeah, that's cute, but you want me to live on like monthly support donations in what world? So I ran from God for like a year. I ran from God and then I ended up on my behind and I was like, Ooh, all right, well, we'll do it your way. So here I am now in circuit riders. And I think if there's one way I could describe it, it's been a faith journey, right? Um, It's taken faith just to believe the Lord and everything that he said that he is a provider. I think Matthew 633 is probably my favorite verse in life. Um, It's, you know, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he will give you everything that you need. So that verse has been extra true to me being a full-time missionary, um, because I'm literally seeking his kingdom and I'm doing all the things. And so he's been faithful to provide, Mm -hmm. but really practically that takes some action steps. It takes sending texts. It takes getting on phone calls. It takes getting coffee and being able to communicate and share the vision of what I do, why it matters. And basically inviting people into that journey onto my team. So it's been hard. Like I'm not, if I'm being frank, I'm not fully funded yet. Um, but I'm doing the work and the more that I do it, the more full of faith that I become, because it's really hard to get someone to buy into something when you don't even believe in it yourself. (laughs) So I think I've been really, um, I've been really confronted with that of like, do I believe what the Lord has said about me being here? Do Mm. I believe in what I'm doing Mm -hmm. enough to invite other people to it? So, um, that's been some of my journey. The more that I do it, the more yeses I get, there are plenty no's and there are plenty of yeses. Um, there is money out there. It just, you just have to be, um, tenacious and you got to persevere. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. My question here is for Tony, actually. Give it to him. Tony, you've been doing this, uh, what, since 20, since what, 2014? I'm going into my seventh year. Seventh year. What advice can you give Latanya when it comes to, yes. to support raising? Because I know you, you've been in a grind some seasons, Come some on. seasons has been easier. So what advice would you give her? Great. And I have advice phone. for you. Get my you, so, um, <laughs> don't say no for anyone. Um, if you got a 
doctor, dentist, chiropractor ask. Um, mm-hmm. So that and what you said, um, but the Lord wants you to be fully funded. I think. Yes. I Come think on. another miss misconception to missions and full time ministry is we gotta be broke and no, that's, that's nowhere in the Bible. Um, mm-hmm. we, wow, you can say that sh- Like we should be, um, getting full paychecks. We should be yes. wealthy, and then how yeah. do we steward that? back to the lord in a way that shows we are grateful now yeah. if we're wealthy and just keep it to ourselves all right then let's talk but being wealthy in and of itself is not sinful and if you right. think it is please show me where in the bible you get that because it's not true right. money is not sinful it's the love of money that's simple. right right i'm trying to be a lender and not a borrower okay i'm trying to be above and not beneath i'm come trying to be the head and not the yes. tail all come right on. that's what my bible says <laughs> yeah, come on i really did have that moment though with the lord where i was like god i do want to be a lender like what i love about circuit riders is we it very we very much function like the acts two church and that if somebody has a need we're making group chats and it's fully circuit riders and we're like yo so-and-so needs a computer let's throw money towards them so-and-so it's their birthday let's get them this let's get them that so I get put in a whole lot of group chats and a whole lot of the time I can't contribute and I'm like lord I want to be able to sow into my friends I want to be able to help I want to be able to give and have a surplus so that I can bless not only other missionaries but even unbelievers because what would it communicate to someone that doesn't know the lord that a missionary Mm -hmm. is more generous than you know other people that they know so yeah it's that's bible that's what my bible says okay (laughs) come on and i and i also want to speak on um coming from my perspective so i work in a church um Mm -hmm. part-time but i want to speak on just as a perspective of a person who who likes to sow into you guys um specifically and i i get a lot of talk from like friends and family members who are like oh i don't want to you know give too much or like, oh, we're giving this much to this person and look what they're going out and buying. Look what they're going to do. They're going to get coffee Ooh. every single day and stuff like yeah. that. Ooh. So I would say for, for listeners who, who are hesitant or maybe are thinking those things that like what Latanya and Tony do with the support that we give them shouldn't change the fact that we are sowing into the kingdom. Wow. Yes. So yes. If we give them something and they go buy a Tesla and they weren't supposed to, that's going to be on them, but it has nothing to do with what I'm doing with God. So I would say, don't be, don't, don't let their actions um, limit you from sowing into the kingdom. Cause what they're doing, like Latanya said, sometimes it's a 20, 20 hour workday. Sometimes it's a four hour workday, but whatever it is we're sowing into the kingdom so i don't want anybody to feel that you guys aren't doing god's work because maybe you have a off day or maybe you go to the beach or maybe because it's biblical to rest to rest or maybe you you buy an apple watch because you need you need like just because it's fancy 
doesn't mean you shouldn't have it because you're yes. uh, in ministry. That poverty Ooh. mindset, it's so sad yes. because I think yes. we perpetuate it for ourselves. And I don't even know where that comes from, but yeah. it just doesn't make sense. You know, like that's not yeah. the heart of God for yes. anybody, for anybody, much less someone that's given their whole yes. life to other people, to the work of the ministry, to the work of the gospel. Yeah, It's just kind of crazy when you think about yeah. it from God's heart, you know? Yeah. How do we have an abundant God? but develop a poverty mindset like so that part um that part (laughs) yeah but to come what you said is so good because i think when listeners support us if we're spending the money rightly then they don't care about the mission they like they care about their own ego because they really care about the mission like you said, they would worry about giving to the kingdom and the mm-hmm. fact that we are we're doing the Lord's work. If you don't mm-hmm. believe in the work we're doing, don't support us. But please don't police how we spend our money because mm-hmm. that's not what we're asking for. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's I think it's challenging because I have friends like with their social media that are like scared to post when they go to the beach or are scared to post when they do non-ministry related things because they don't want to have that reputation that they're squandering their money or whatever. But I'm like, the, the, the crazy thing is we, we also don't post the super low moments. We don't post the moments where we're in the middle of glory when we're walking someone through salvation because, yeah. you know, there's not going to be a camera crew there. Yeah. So I think on yeah. one hand, there's the balance of like, you don't even get to, there's so much more ministry and crazy like God moments that happen that you don't get to see compared to the coffee shop date that you do. Mm. And when you think about us being like holistic human beings, um, I think for me, I'm, I'm all about being authentic. I'm authentically myself. If you follow me on Instagram or if you friends with me on Facebook, Thanks for the plug. you're going to yes. get the realness. <laughs> so right so no like there's balance yeah let's let's talk about that because a struggle i have is like how authentic can i be without mm-hmm. losing um without losing support because i like you i'm not fully funded and so i know a lot of my support base would not see eye to eye on some things and mm-hmm. so i'm always walking that tension of like i got a family to provide for but i also am so exhausted by being worried about what my supporters would think because mm-hmm. if i'm trying to be authentically me i would post some things and not give this second thought so how do you navigate that tension yeah i'm gonna be honest i probably lean more towards the reckless side of anything else i'm like y'all gonna get what you get (laughs) we'll work it out after the fact right right Um, right. but i think truthfully it is a holy spirit-led sport and Mm. i think at the end of the day the people that support you you don't want people supporting you that don't support you you know what i mean yeah for sure if you have people giving you money but they don't actually like love you enough to give you freedom to like live your life you know what i mean if they wouldn't if they wouldn't be okay with you taking your wife to a nice dinner those aren't people you want supporting you because their value system is so off that money is more valuable to them than you being a holistic human being you know so for me and i think i think we're talking about different things because on one hand it's like 
if you want to be hyper political and post all your political opinions, you can expect for some of your supporters to probably feel some kind of way. And that's on you. Mm-hmm. But oh, if we're talking yeah, about yeah. you taking your family to the beach, you know, and you post that you got ice cream and you post that you went to dinner and you post that you got your wife a new pair of shoes and they have problems with those kinds of things. I think that's where you go, okay, Lord, help me navigate these conversations. But at the end of the day, my value is for my, my wife. My value is for abundance. My value is for authenticity. So Lord, my prayer is that you would bring people into my life that value those same things and empower me to live that life. Because if you can't be authentically yourself, who are you being? You know, like, Mm. who are you being? That's not freedom. Uh, That's not what Jesus died for. He died for you to be free. He died. John 10, 10. He says, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come to give them life and life abundantly. So if I'm not walking Mm. in abundance and that's not just cash, that's with expression. I don't want it. That's not the Lord. So I'm, again, I'm a little more reckless because (laughs) I've had to fight to be who I am truly. And so I like refuse to move backwards, but I think that's the beauty. There's so many people, there's so much cash out there that if somebody doesn't support you in the way that you live, like, you know what I mean? And you're not, you're not being reckless. You're not wilding. You're just living life and they have a problem with that. That's where you go, Lord, bring, bring some people into my support, bring some people into my community that do value these things and do value me you know? Yeah. And that's, and that's my, my prayer for both of you guys, because I know both of you guys and I know when you guys are, I know when you guys are authentically you, and I know when you guys can be fun and wilding and do whatever, but I also know like the, the line that you have to walk. And I, as much as our, as much as we, we keep plugging our, our podcast authentically us, that's what I want. And that's what I, my prayer for you guys, as you continue in, in this, in this field is to be authentically you and find supporters who like support Latanya for Latanya right. support Tony for Tony because they are doing kingdom yes. kingdom work and that's a kingdom win yes. but you mentioned yeah. about being authentically you. and last August mm-hmm. um, when I first met you mm-hmm. we Me called too. you oh yeah Asia. actually yeah. Tony Tony I introduced you Whoa. to with Tanya as Asia, right? Yeah. So, in in when I, when um when I first met her, she owned the name Asia. Asia. Yeah. Three days later, she was like, "Nah, I go by Latanya," and I was like, "No, oh no!" What? It was it was that day we went to Black Voices yeah. Asia in the morning, Latanya in the afternoon. So, Funny. talk about what sparked. The, the name change. Now, Latanya is your first yes. name. And Asia is your middle name. Yes. Asian-y. So, what? Asianique. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Asianique. What wow. sparked going, going back or going to Latanya? Right. Returning to myself. That sounds mad weird. That's what them new age people are saying. <laughs> um, we find that. But, anyways, um, <laughs> I would say, okay, so this is also kind of a long story. Um, Asia is half of my middle name. It's Asianique. And so I was born to my mother and my father. Hallelujah. Um, my grandma is the one that gave me the middle name Asianique. So she got my grandma's Filipino, mind you. So Asia was her little flair, her creativity. And then Neek comes from my mom's name, which is Monique. So it's really funny that I'm uh. using my friends on Zoom account called Monique. <laughs> but so that's how Asianique comes to be. Because I lived with my grandmother, like as a baby, we lived around them. She called me Asia. So that's where the nickname came from, um, which obviously super pure hearted. But I will say growing up, Asia stuck for sure. I just loved it. 
but growing up in a predominantly white church, right? The more that I would tell people that my first name was Latanya. Now, mind you, it's spelled L-A capital T-H-A-N-I-A. So it's very unique. It's pretty black, as some would say. Mm. <laughs> um, so as I shared my name with people, um, oftentimes it would be something that they make fun of. They would say that it was ghetto. Mm. They would, every time people said it, they would say it with like the unnecessary ghetto, you know, inflection. Yeah. And these are like white people. Yeah. Yeah. I remember once I had someone when I was in middle school, he told me that he named his alter ego Latanya for when he's feeling sassy, which didn't even make sense. Cause as far as I know, this is a straight man. So that's just weird in and of itself. Yeah. But you know, at 12 years old, how do you process that? So within that community, I was like, yeah, I would rather y'all don't call me Latanya. Like, let's just forget that that's my name because it really hurt me. Of course, um, mm -hmm. middle school though, I switched it up and I started going by Latanya at school and I enjoyed it. Um, and it stuck. I still was Asia at church, but I was Latanya at school. Fast forward to high school, I'm still sticking with it because I went to high school down the street from my middle school. So there were still people that knew me as Latanya. But then my mom worked there and my brother went to school there. So they would introduce me as Asia. I introduced myself as Latanya. People are like, who are you? And I was like, whatever, I'll just be Asia because it's easier. Um, so boom, mostly Asia. And so then you fast forward to Black Voices in April. And this is the 50 of us, the core 50, inaugural 50. Um, and I got friends that are pulling up named Anasia, like A apostrophe N-A-S-I-A. So you meet her and you're like, how do you pronounce your name? You know, I have a friend named Evangelia. I have so many, I'm meeting so many people with so many uniquely beautiful names, mm -hmm. even a friend named Anna, who it's spelled Anna, but we talked about how she had to like correct people to call her Anna because it's not Anna, it's Anna. And so I'm yelling at them, cheering for them, like your name matters. Names are important. Your name was not only given to you by your parents, but by God, like make people make sure people say your name right even at starbucks it doesn't matter and in that moment the lord was like okay well what about you Ooh. Ooh. and i was like what you mean Yikes. what about me because at that point i was asia mm -hmm. so it kind of started this whole conversation because it wasn't like super deep but it kind of was yeah. like my name was stolen from me you know so i'm processing this of like okay well i'm in this community i, I joined circuit riders in 2020 black voices started in um 2021 so i'm like well, I like people already know me here. I don't really know. I was like, if I was to change my name, when would I do that? Like, there's not really a time because it's not like I'm changing seasons, but I kind of just in the process of it all was like, well, God told me out Black Voices or he, you know, confronted me about at Black Voices. So I guess at the next Black Voices, I'll make the switch over. And so what's funny is as I started to tell my friends like around me in circuit riders, I couldn't even make the announcement before they did. Like, I remember I was about to staff this youth camp and we're having our staff circle. And my friend goes, yeah, Asia has an announcement for you. And I'm like, no, I don't. What are you talking about? She was like, she was like, yeah, you do. And I was like, huh? So she literally outed me and I was like, oh guys, I'm gonna change my name, da, 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 da. And so, you know, just different milestones, August at the August gathering, we were actually given name tags. So at that point I was like, well, might as well. <laughs> so that was, that day is when I officially wrote it on my name tag. And it was funny cause there's a whole crew of y'all from San Diego, which that was like my two worlds colliding. And I can't tell you how proud I was and how beautiful that was. But it's funny because y'all were like, Latanya. <laughs> and it's always funny. And every single friendship I have, there's always a moment where people come to find out that my name is Latanya and they're like shook. And it's always honestly very like gratifying for me. It's just funny to watch. But it was special <laughs> that you guys got to be here. You guys got to be there in that moment. So that's kind of where it came from. That's the story. And I've been rocking with Latanya since then. My family still calls me Asia because, I mean, 23 years yeah. with a name, it's kind of like a Lego. And I personally still enjoy it. 
but I really made the shift to Latanya to be rid of any shame mm. or like mm. past hurt that wow. I was kind of letting steal my name. Wow. So that's that. That's the name change. Wow. And you know it was real because in in high school I um, got on Instagram and I had a friend like give me the name that's so Asia. So that was my Instagram. And my Instagram was the last thing to go because I love that. I think it's so clever. I'm like, that's so Asia. Yes. That's hard. But my friend yes. was like, if it's going to be real, it's got to be real. So I changed my Instagram at it's Latanya. Follow me. I changed the cash app. I changed the Venmo. I changed it all. Yes. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. So What's the cash app? What's the Venmo? Yeah, people to, know. They yeah, are both Barrett Latanya. Barrett, B-A-R-R-E-T-T dash Latanya for cash app or for Venmo no cap no dash for cash app but yeah check the show notes it'll be yes. in there it'll there it be is in the show notes <laughs> well hey that is that's awesome because I I just remember it happening and I was like yeah Latanya and you were like no you guys can still call me Asia I'm like no like we're gonna <laughs> work on yeah. calling you Latanya because yeah. I think it is very important especially as a black woman to be bold and confident in who you are and this is what this is your name so this is what we're going to call you even if we mess up a bunch of times um and that's what it's going to be like same thing with my name my name is very phonetically sound conroy like you look at it it says conroy but people get it wrong all the time and i i correct them because your name does have significance. Yes. And there's a capital yeah. R, right? Or no? There is a capital yes. R. Come yes. on with the capital letters. Put the respect on the capitals. <laughs> Come on, y'all. Come on. Names should matter. They matter. How you spell matters. Mm-hmm. Man. Well, we're so we're so grateful for you. You know, just hearing your journey of, of how you, you have become authentically you and still going through the process because it is a process of yeah. being authentically you. So, we can't wait to uh, get you back on for, for other episodes. Oh, but yeah. our next segment is rapid fire. Right. No, I told you, she's a, she is the perfect hype woman. Just so you know. um, okay, so these are rapid fire. When you get asked, asked these questions, it's your first initial thought. Don't, right. don't pass, go. Don't phone a friend. First initial thought. Deal. All right. Who has the best fast food burger? Ooh, in and out was the first thing that came to mind. Got to hold it down. SoCal. Oh, wow. And you've been around. You've been around some places now. I have. But I'm not really a burger person. And okay, in and out is cheap. So. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In and out it is. Sounds good. What is your favorite movie or TV show right now? Man. Okay. I'm currently, I, I drove to Dallas a couple weeks ago and I binge watched the first season of Mandalorian and I didn't understand the hype when everybody was watching it, but it's fire. So I'm trying to catch up with the second season. Um, I really love it. I was not, I'm not a star Wars person at all, but it's fire. Yeah, same. And people say, you don't have to watch star Wars to love it. I'm like, okay, great. I can do that. It works. <laughs> it works. <laughs> um, what is the favorite place you've traveled Oh, I've had the the privilege to go to Greece twice. The mm. first time was for missions. The second time was on a cruise. And wow. I love it there. I love the people. The food is bussing. The vibes are immaculate. I love Greece. 10 out of 10. Wow. So well, there good. it is. There it is, people. Rapid fire. Also, if you have any other questions for her, 
hit her up. We're going to put all of her information in, in the show notes. Yes, hit me up. Sorry, yeah, started so uh, where, can, where can the people find you? Um, I'm the most, I'm most active on the gram. I really am. My Instagram is always popping because as, as the Gen Zers like to say, I let my intrusive thoughts win. So my Instagram story is just always busy with goofiness. So yes. catch me on Instagram yes. at Latanya. If you don't know how to spell that, I-T-S-L-A-T-H-A-N-I-A. I'm also on Facebook, but that's kind of for old people. So. <laughs> hey, well, so we're so grateful for you. Thank you so much for hopping on um, Authentically Us podcast. Latanya, you are amazing. Like I said, you're one of my favorite people in the world. And I can't wait yes. for people to hear this, to, oh, it's so to good. see your greatness. And now you're part of our metaverse. Let's so go. You're going to be invited Welcome, back man. on. Come on. <laughs> I want to do a little collab, a little duo. Yes. On here. Yeah. I mean, you need to put Jonathan Frankie on it. Stamper. Oh, he lives here. We, we live in the same house. He's not here right now, but we could work that out. Oh, please. We can work please. it out. Tony's been asking about him. Um, <laughs> he's wild he's so special but y'all it's been a pleasure to be i'm honestly so honored that you would want to hear from me because i ain't nobody special the lord makes me special so thanks for uh letting put let me on give me some absolutely thank you and until next time be authentically yourself <laughs> boom <laughs> boom <laughs>she allowed me to to keep it pushing and to really have more faith instead of more fear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's such a great episode. Hey, you guys might have to go back and, and listen to it. Um, for sure, for sure. Support her in any way. Um, yeah. Check the show notes for all that because she's doing amazing work. 
Like, yeah. I'm not just saying that to be biased, but like I've seen, I've seen it in person. Oh man, Black Voices Movement, what they're doing is is truly transformative. Um, yeah, you know, like it. That was my first time I've ever been in a room with three hundred Black believers who just love Jesus and are unapologetically black it's mm-hmm. it's amazing um yeah. so seriously if this uh, episode touched you in any way please send her cash at Venmo she is worth she's worth the work she does and so mm-hmm. let's get behind her and really support this kingdom work yeah yeah well guys you know what time it is it is time for friend quiz that was good that was a good one all right tony i think i think you can i think you can get this one right i have faith in because i'm the better friend right here it is what is my favorite number Oh, easy. 34. Final answer. Let's go. There it is. Ding, ding, ding. Finally. Hey. My man got it right. Hey, Conroy. Uh, see, that's what we call nose stalling, not the whole uh, easy. Everyone knows it. Don't stall. That's the oh, key. Yeah, I don't know what I don't think I've ever stalled when it comes to friendship quiz. I'm just verbally processing that's just kind of how my brain works you know is it verbal process or is it stalling let the audience decide we'll let the audience decide hey guys um thank you so much for listening to our podcast today even though i am the better friend just so you know um until next time be authentic in everything that you do hey please Go on, give us a like, give us a review. Please give us a review as we are, you know, we're dropping these. Follow us on Instagram. Follow us on Instagram. We're on TikTok. We're on YouTube. Wherever you can listen to a podcast, follow us, give us a rating, and then share it. Yes, please share it. Share it with your friends. And then, like, for real, go in the show notes. Check out uh, LaTanya and how you can support her. But until next time, be authentic in everything that you do. We'll see you all next time. Peace. Peace.